It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. I think I know what's going on in Las Vegas, but my guest knows what's about to go on and usually publishes it before anyone else. He's Scott Robin, founder of VitalVegas.com, now part of Casino.org. For everything about Vital Vegas, go to Casino.org slash VitalVegas, and you can follow them on Twitter at VitalVegas. And Scott, welcome to the show. Again, welcome back. Oh, great. Great seeing you. It's been a while. I looked at the dates on when I had you on, and we tend to go in years. So just to give you a refresher course real quick, <laughs> the first one was November 7th, 2013, and the second one was July 8th, 2019. So I think we're, wow. we're, we're yeah, we'll try to speed it up a little bit more frequently. I think a I, decade. You're saying the first one was a decade ago? Where did that time go? I, 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 I don't know. I remember, I remember you said that this was your, one of your first ones you did at the time. I do remember yeah. that. So people call you all kinds of stuff, but it's basically you're an, <laughs> you're an essential source for Las Vegas news, casino industry chatter, and WTF. I got that right off your Twitter feed. That's what I call myself. <laughs> right. And Desert Companion Magazine called you the, the best My Vegas. My mom did too. The best so Vegas Twitter feed. People. Right. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> for those of you who may not know who Scott is, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up Becoming a zillionaire selling this Vital Vegas to casino.org. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it started back when I moved to Vegas. I was working at a site called lasvegas.com. I was doing copywriting, their newsletter, digital marketing. That's really where I got my feet wet in the Vegas uh, conversation and the Vegas world of news and casinos. And at the time, it was a travel site. I then went on to work at Caesars Entertainment. I did their blog, the Pulse of Vegas blog, voted the best corporate blog in America. So, of course, uh, eventually we butted heads. (laughs) (laughs) You don't look very corporate. uh, We were not impressed with that award, and uh, (laughs) so we parted ways, and then they pulled the blog down. It was hundreds of wonderful posts I was very proud of, and they pulled the plug on it at some point, probably... They had reasons to do that, but they weren't financial because it was making them money. But anyway, uh, (laughs) then I started working at Fremont Street Experience. I took about a year off and started Vital Vegas simultaneously, kind of as a hobby. And I've been doing that about a decade, probably around the time we first chatted, I started it. Uh, Left Fremont Street Experience and started doing this full time, uh, just doing what you're describing, kind of writing about Vegas try to break news when I can. I'm really just enjoying the conversation about Vegas. I love the town. Uh, So that's my sole purpose is to to make it better and to to give people a better experience and to, you know, let people know when they're doing something I think is harming Vegas. I let them know that I think that. So I just have a lot of opinions, sometimes polarizing, but always honest. I've never, you know, I've never partnered with a casino or a restaurant or a show or anything to to promote them. I just share what I think is interesting. And thankfully, casino.org uh, saw some value in it. So 
that's the st that's a long answer to a short. No, question. actually, it was very succinct given the time element and what has have happened and is happening now. So no, that was fine. When you started writing the blog, did you have any sense that it was going to mushroom the way it did? And what was it that you brought to the blog? I don't think I've asked you this before. What did you bring to the blog that others have tried? Because certainly there's, I would say, not only dozens, maybe hundreds of people writing about Las Vegas, not just for print or television or radio, but blogs as well. And yet you seem to shine where the rest are kind of in the background or don't are not as prominent, let us say. And I know part of it is you keep getting all these scoops. So that would be my take. That's one of the reasons. But what do you what do you say? Why why would I talk when you can talk? Yeah, well in the beginning, thank you for that, because I think you're right about everything you said. <laughs> uh, but the reasoning the reasoning behind it in the early days were I was really just I enjoyed doing the blog at Caesars. I kind of had a following what I brought to it was humor, uh, because you don't really see a ton of that from casinos. You usually just see kind of the same promotional stuff over and over. And my big selling point to them was, let's make it a little more irreverent. No one will expect to see uh, humor coming from a casino. Uh, they, they didn't really know what to make of that. But uh, yeah, about probably six or seven years into this, kind of just, I was really just trying to have a place for creative expression and sharing my photography. I, I like photography and blogging really lends itself to that. And I like writing humor. So to me, writing humor was kind of a continuation of what I'd always done. I'd written short stories and scripts and poems and one-liners like my whole life. So Las Vegas is really just the subject matter. Uh, I happen to love it here. But the, I think the other part of it that made it take off was I – two or three years ago, got some really, really good sources who were breaking news that it it's worldwide news. So in my world, it was always, oh, what restaurant might be coming in here, maybe. But then I started sharing things that people, like I literally broke the story that a major resort from Tillman Fertitta is coming to the Strip. Like, I had no idea that stories of that nature would be something I would be breaking. I never thought I was going to be a news breaking anything. And then things, there were a few times I can remember specifically where I scooped the world, like the Elon Musk tunnels. That was a huge news story and I broke it. Like at the time I'm sharing these things, I'm like, why am I the one? I'm just some dopey guy with a blog. Why am I breaking these stories about, you know, major, major story? I broke the story that Las Vegas was getting the Super Bowl in 2024. Like that, I don't even know sports, but I broke that anyway. <laughs> so that's really when it took off. And so that adds a lot of pressure because that's a little bit different than going to restaurants and trying some chicken parm and telling people whether it's good or bad. Right. But it's made it a lot more fun. It's made it something of value. And like you said, there's really an explosion of folks, vloggers and bloggers, people on every social media platform talking about Vegas, and they all kind of have their niche audiences. But I've put in the time, you know, I've put in a decade plus of getting these contacts. And you can come to town and take a beautiful video of a hotel room, but that doesn't mean you know the valet or the the manager in the casino who has scoop or or a vice president of that company or a CEO of that company. So over time, I've actually, 
I have relationships with almost every CEO in town, almost every president, owner, GM. Like I, I know these folks and uh, many of them, they want to stay anonymous, but they all have great information, sometimes about a competitor, sometimes about their own place. But people have an insatiable appetite for Vegas news. So that's that's the way it's gone. <laughs> well, developing these relationships, it's interesting in this in this town and in this industry that you're able to offer them some degree of confidentiality so they, they can trust you to give you a scoop and not have it come back on them. And yeah, it's it is really a tricky thing to do because the reason I think what I do, modestly speaking, of course, the reason I think what I do is more interesting is I do what a lot of traditional media can't. So if you're at the Las Vegas Review Journal and you find out some dirt, you can't share it. You can't share a juicy story because you're risking your relationship with an advertiser with executives, with a resort, you you may never get access again to their to a chef or a performer or a, any number of things. You're you're risking a relationship because Vegas is a small town. Well, I have love hate relationships with everybody. <laughs> everybody knows I'm going to spill the tea or drop the tea, whatever people do. Spill the beans, <laughs> uh, so they know what they're going to get. It's why I don't get invited to a lot of stuff. Because they don't really want anybody to be honest. They prefer to have somebody who's going to say exactly what they want them to say. And they're not going to ask too many questions. And those are the most interesting stories to me. When when I'm not seeing any questions asked, those are the ones that I dig into. And, and I know there's more to the story because there's always more to the story. It's Las Vegas. I get the feeling that you're not that unhappy not being invited to every event that happens either on the Strip or downtown. Would I be correct? <laughs> <laughs> I resent that I'm not invited, but I would have said no. That's basically it. Like, I don't, I don't want to not be invited, but I wouldn't go to those parties. You know, because a lot of times you get them for restaurants or somewhere where like a media night doesn't help me because you're getting a level of service and you're sometimes getting samples of things. Like, I want to, I want to know what I'm going to get when I go eat there like a normal person. I don't want the red carpet. I want, what's it like on a Tuesday night? I want to see the food. I want to take a picture of the real food. I don't want anything Photoshopped or right. here's our official photos of our rooms, right? Because the official photos are always immaculate. I want to go stay in a room. I want to eat food. I want to see a show the way everybody else is going to see it. So yeah, those, some bridges are burned. The irony is that in some cases, they're like I'm in regular communication with a CEO of a major company, a public company, but their PR department will not talk to me <laughs> because the CEO <laughs> knows that having a relationship with me can be mutually beneficial. But people in public relations see it as kind of like I'm a loose cannon. Right. So that's the irony is, is some of the bridges that are burned are only half burned. Because then somebody, the CEO is calling me, giving me some scoop. So, so they're, they're, I don't know what to make of it. It's, they're it's fun. Yeah, they're officially burned, but unofficially not burned. Right. Publicly, yeah. we do not condone his behavior. <laughs> but if we want to leak some information, he's the one to do it. Because uh, part of the enjoyment I have is that I'm, I'm obviously writing for my immediate group of followers, Vegas fans, right? But over time the other media outlets have started following me. So 
that gives me some leverage to get information because people know, like yesterday, I don't have a great relationship with station casinos just because of some things from the past, right? I, I was all over them about when they were at Palms, they had this nightclub, Chaos, and it was it was about to close. So I kept pestering them and I was kind of a thorn in their side. So I haven't really heard from them since. Well, yesterday they had a thing they were launching and they're like, why don't you come over and take a look? So I, it's it really is mixed feelings for them because they're like, we don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> but if he likes it, he, a lot of people are going right. to check it out. So they they have to balance the, the risk reward. <laughs> and that's everybody, not just station. They all, you know, even the people that I'm really close to and love their product, Circa knows I love Circa, but they also know I'm going to complain about how loud it is. Like, they, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you find yeah. that over the years, and as we talked about earlier, how long it's been you've been doing this, and, and twice before when you've been on the show, do you find that the, I don't know if the word is respect, but are you getting a more positive evaluation from the general media in town where in the beginning you might not have? given the number of scoops that you've had. Absolutely not. They they do not care for what I do. They generally have contempt for uh, what I do. And I think that comes from a place of uh, insecurity and in some ways feeling like, you know, like the the, people have articulated to me, certain reporters and uh, editors have expressed to me like they don't, they don't appreciate that I work by kind of a different set of rules. So they don't deal in rumors. They don't deal in speculation. And those are some of the most interesting things to me of kind of like, what are people talking about? What's the chatter? And I think they misunderstand what I do, but they feel very threatened by it because as I said, a blogger, a one person operation, me, this has been for 10 years. It's just me breaking stories at that level is really threatening to some of these folks and their organizations. And so they go after, they cherry pick the things where, oh, that rumor didn't pan out, blah, blah, blah. But name a big scoop that I haven't broken. Like it's a challenge to do that. Adele is coming to Caesar's Palace. I broke it. That's worldwide news. Garth Brooks coming to Caesar's Palace, worldwide news. Like it happens over and over. And it doesn't matter what the subject is. I broke the story that the aces were going to be called the aces. Like, that's a sports story. So all these sports writers who spend their lives, their professions, talking about this, they're experts in their field. And then this dope with a Twitter account goes, by the way, our WNBA team is going to be the aces. I literally don't know what WNBA stands for, (laughs) but I broke this story. So that's part of the fun. But um Yeah, it's an interesting relationship because I was sued by Sahara at one point for a rumor I had shared. And it absolutely a First Amendment situation. Every publication, every traditional media company in town should have been rallying around me. It was the it was a First Amendment issue. Not a single person reached out to say, we're with you. We support you. You know, it uh, that just didn't happen. So it's a mixed bag, and I think they feel threatened, and I don't care. <laughs> so how do you keep from getting cynical? Because you, it's an interesting combination. On the one hand, as you say, you're somewhat abandoned by the 
traditional media, especially in your in your First Amendment defense. But at the same time, you always retain that sense of humor. So it's, it must be kind of hard to be cynical and also still be able to laugh. How do you work that out internally? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always going to, if if I'm not having fun, it's why bother? You know, I don't, I, it's hard. To, I mean, it's obviously not fun being sued. I was out of pocket, probably $40,000 defending that case. Uh, they eventually lost. Uh, so I recouped all that money, but so that's not a, that's not a real ha ha situation, but in most situations, you know, and I have to look at it that way is it's fun and funny. It's a, it's a, it's a vacation destination. It's hard to get too bent out of shape. The haters, you know, it's that thing about the brighter your light shines, the more shadows you cast. So I have many more haters than I did 10 years ago. Some of them rabid and obsessive and creating fake accounts to criticize me and lie about me and all this stuff. But you have to, you have to let it roll off your back and you have to keep a sense of humor about it. The times that I, I can't laugh things off are when the stories get more serious and they're not being covered the way I think they should by our local media. So there are times when I go into a realm where it's not ha ha funny. There was a gentleman who committed suicide at Rio with an air 15 in a restroom on the casino floor. So my account is largely humor but I didn't see that story being covered by anyone. So I could have either just, Hey, let's keep it light or you poke the media sometimes and you share something and then they go off and do what traditional media does, which is fleshing it out, speak to the authorities, do all that kind of due diligence and all that legwork, but they got it from my feet. But Scott, did they ever give you credit for that though? Not in that case. Yeah. it's, It's very rare when they do. And I've heard from a very well-known entertainment reporter here in town that they don't really respect social media as a source. So uh, they don't do attribution because in their world, they view it as a tip like they would from a valet I see. or from from someone in housekeeping. If, if, if they shared this news, good or bad, uh, they treat it like a tip because Sometimes it is unconfirmed. That's what rumors are, and that's what industry chatter is. And heaven knows, I've shared rumors where it's, you know, they were predicting some future thing, and it didn't happen. That was the problem with Sahara, a liquidator. It was a source story. He said, in my entire career, I've never done a liquidation estimate where the casino didn't close shortly thereafter. So on his part, it was speculation that that Mm -hmm. would happen. That has not happened. So is it worthy of a lawsuit? No. But is it, you know, I, I, I am, of course, trying to be as accurate as possible, but I'm not a fortune teller and my sources aren't fortune tellers. They can't tell the future. So it, it is interesting and it is a daily struggle to try and keep the BS stuff or people with an ax to grind out of, out of the mix Try and be responsible and not freak people out. Like if you, if I hear something's closing, that's always, that always gives me pause because I quite often will hear news before employees. And, but I've heard over and over, thank you for sharing that because the communication inside our company is not good. 
And now we could, I could start looking for a job or at least keep my options open mm-hmm. because I knew about this before it was going to happen. So it's, it's a tough situation, but I'm, I'm having a blast. And if I stop having a blast, like if the haters get to me, I'm, I'm like, I could just stop. I could just retire, but I'm still having fun. Is the fun, you, know? <laughs> is it, you are, but is the fun, and it may be a two-part fun, is the fun on the one hand, the getting the scoop or the news or the rumor, and then part two is the fun of going with it and getting the reaction to the post. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, the, I love attention. I probably should have said that up front. Uh, So being the the person that sparks the conversation is a blast. And it it really is addictive. It has an addictive quality to it, is driving the conversation. A great example. And and I'm here for the conversation, like I said. So the reaction is huge. That's social media. And I, I think that's where a lot of publications... And even casinos get it wrong because they push out messaging, but they don't really do the social part. I do the social part. I respond. I answer questions. I'm I'm liking every response to every tweet. But it, it so here's an example of of why this is fun and weird. So I was downtown. I'm downtown a lot. I went by Binion's and I saw a sign uh, that said "No Color Policy." I've seen these signs for 15 years downtown, maybe more. And it's speaking to gang colors and, you know, bike gangs. You can't come in if you all have matching colors. Colors are kind of like sometimes they'll have, you know, a bandana of a certain color or a patch or a tattoo or clothing. So this tweet with this image of the sign that has been there for 15 years sparked a story in the Las Vegas Review Journal on a local TV station. Mm-hmm. It was syndicated across the country. It was about nothing. There was nothing controversial. Some people misinterpreted it and some people didn't understand it. But it so that gives me a feeling of, well, it's my huge ego is just fed by that because I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about nothing. And it's because I tweeted it. And that's happened over and over where my inside joke with my friends is because I'll tweet something and they'll go, well, that happened six months ago. And I say, it's not news until some, until I say it. <laughs> Scott. And that happens all the time. I'll, I'll get word of, say, an executive leaving their post. Right. And a, and a direct employee will say, oh, yeah, that happened six months ago. And I, <laughs> it's not news. Nobody wrote about it. Now it's news. Right. Let's exactly. talk about it. And it's, it's arrogance, but it also... Is I could give you fifty examples of how that's happened. Well, if it Things keeps you, I if it keeps you going, with, it may be arrogance, yeah. but if it keeps you going, you know, what are you going? You know, what are you going to do? It does. Do Do you find that you get? I know that you interact in social media, and that I think is a difference between you and a lot of other people in the media, whether it's social media or traditional media or whatever you want to call it, legacy media. But I'm sure that after you have enough scoops and the traditional media, let's say that uses it as a tip and then develops a story based on your quote-unquote tip, I would think that at some point they would at least acknowledge by saying this first appeared in Vital Vegas. The the good ones do. That's usually national publications because they understand journalism. They understand source, you know, the source and the original reporting 
they have a responsibility to point that out. And now it's it's actually a little bit easier because so many of the stories that I break are kind of on Twitter first, so they'll embed the tweet in their story. So that's what happened with the Binion sign. It It's kind of a nod to where it was seen first because you can't really talk about that story without saying, why are people even talking about this? Right. Well, it's yeah. the tweet. But a lot of them, a lot of them really, you know, and it's not of in Vegas, it's a small pool of reporters that are the culprits. And it's because they cover a beat that I cover. And even if they don't follow me, their editors give them my tweets and my blog posts. And they say, go off and flesh it out. Mm -hmm. um, and almost universally, our paper of record will, I've actually been told that they remove attribution for original sources because one, they don't respect it. And two, they want to be seen as the source of all the news. But I can go, my mom does this. She she will read the review journal. A neighbor gives it to her. She will not subscribe. Um, she <laughs> So she'll go through the paper and she'll, she'll read a story and go, I saw that. on. Didn't I see that on your website first? I'm like, huh, <laughs> you're elderly and uh, and yet you still can connect the dots to that they're stealing my intellectual property. They don't have these contacts. These are this is a professional news organization. And I've got more people working in these casinos, watching, overhearing things like it's kind of I don't know. I can't spend too much time being resentful. Because I get to poke fun at them for doing it, which is more content for me. When I go after mm -hmm. Johnny Katz at the RJ, it's it's more it, we're having lunch. Like so, we're we don't respect each other professionally, but personally, we're fine. So that's, interesting. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, that's interesting. Before I let you go, what's the most exclusive scoop that you had in the last I don't know five ten years? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There, or there may be more than one. We have a couple of minutes. So yeah, take your time if you have. Yeah. To I mean, there's the, I've mentioned some of them that, that leap to mind. I mean, it's hard to, to really think about like a story that I haven't broken, like think of the biggest stories in, you know, and sometimes I don't even remember having broken them, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll share some industry chatter and five years later, it will come to pass and I'll do And I'm like, why do I remember that story? And I'll look back and I'll see a tweet about that exact thing five years before, you know, one of the funniest ones. And I do not take credit for the scoop. But uh, so the Oakland A's have been looking around in Vegas for a place to build a ballpark. Right. Well, five years ago, I had been hearing that the Rio could be demolished and sold and that a ballpark was going to be built on there. So if you look back at my tweets five years ago, I took five years of hell for people thinking that's absurd. You're crazy. <laughs> you make things up. It was a different investment group. But the story has now circled back. And it, it gave me such joy that all those people who called me an idiot, I mean, they still call me an idiot. But now the A's are, are looking at doing a ballpark on the Rio site. They're not going to demolish it, but whatever. I, I can't be bogged down by detail. But those stories are really gratifying. And the ones where, you know, I'll hear, you know, and these are some of the biggest names, biggest organizations in the world. Probably just one of the biggest stories of all time was when MGM decided they were going to 
replace service bartenders with machines. And that practice is now very common. But at the time, that was not a thing. So, of course, I thought of a great headline like Las Vegas bartenders are being replaced by robots. So it was millions of views and people didn't even know what a service bartender was. Like they're, they're in the back. You don't even see them. Right. They're thinking their bartender is going to be replaced by robot. So that was a huge story. And it was kind of just, you know, watching the trends. There wasn't a, a real source for that. It was just, just hearing chatter and investigating a little bit. I don't do, you know, I don't do extensive research. I, I don't have time for all that, but I did get confirmation. Oh, they're they're doing these machines where the cocktail waitresses can make their own drinks. Huge news. Like that was never going to be news in the rest of the world. No no media outlets gonna would even understand what that is or care. And then there was a flood of news coverage after that. So those are the big ones for me where it's it's not a story until I kind of point it out. And, and another one over time had to do with comp drinks and the uh, Caesars, well, it was actually Mirage first. They started using vouchers on their video poker machines, right? At this one bar in all of Las Vegas, they had vouchers that were coming out to tell you when you, you get a free drink. Right. Comping had always been a big deal. So then I saw these lights at Caesars that were built right into the machines in the back. So I took pictures of the back. I took pictures of the vouchers. Again, it became a like a huge millions of views, national coverage, local media covered it as this kind of trend. It wasn't a trend until I kind of poked at it a little bit. And those will always be the most gratifying. People may not even remember that those happened, but there have been a lot. And, and sometimes it's really more about what it is than because that Elon Musk Vegas loop thing. I, and then I break stuff that I love. People don't remember at all that I broke it, but there was like this huge Google data center that was like billions of dollars, right? Has nothing to do with tourism, <laughs> nothing to do with anything. And I tweeted like, by the way, there's going to be this Google data center. It's national news within a, a week or two. And I'm just the dopey guy who plays video <laughs> poker. And, you know? well, so those are always fun. And, and uh Every once in a while, a hater will go, you know, you get, you got that one wrong. And then I'll go, <laughs> okay, here's the 50 that my source got right. Babe Ruth's, here's, here's my comeback to all the criticism, if there is any. Babe Ruth's batting average was pretty close to 300. So I'm far better than Babe Ruth. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been <laughs> Scott Roman. He's a founder of VitalVegas.com. It's now part of Casino.com. And for everything about Vital Vegas, go to Casino.org slash VitalVegas and follow him on Twitter at VitalVegas. Hey, Scott, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for chatting. We can do it in another 10 years. Absolutely. Maybe we'll shorten and do it every five years. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. 